Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. For decades, astronomers have been scouring the skies looking for signs and signals that might be E.T. phoning home. But discussions on this topic invariably stray into science fiction pretty rapidly and then they conjure up images of little green men. But what might complex alien life really look like? That's the subject of The Zoologist's Guide to the Galaxy, What Animals on Earth Reveal About Aliens and Ourselves, which is a new book by the University of Cambridge's Eric Kirschenbaum. So, Eric, tell us, what's actually the premise of the book? What's the case you're making? Hi there. Well, the basic idea is that when we look at animals and plants and life on Earth, we're looking at the result of evolutionary processes that are not unique to Earth. These are the same processes that will be creating complex life on other planets. And everything we know about life on Earth will allow us to make predictions about life on other planets as well. Is this basically because the chemistry set that physics and chemistry and biology effectively have to play with it doesn't matter where you go in the universe, it's the same chemical elements and therefore those behaviours, the way those chemicals interact and work are going to be the same and therefore there there is a constraint being applied in terms of what life can do and how it can work and how it therefore ultimately might end up looking. Actually, no, because the chemistry of, of alien life could be very different from ours. Perhaps life lives in concentrated sulfuric acid, in which case its chemistry would be very different. But there are fundamental behavioral constraints has nothing to do with chemistry that will still apply even if you're made of carbon and oxygen like we are or if you're made of completely different chemicals. So things like the fact that parents look after their children sounds like it's obvious uh, to us on Earth, but it in fact reflects a, a very fundamental element of evolutionary theory that must exist on other planets as well. What sorts of principles and processes would you expect to see playing out then? I mean, you've given one example of parents looking after their children. Um, Would you expect, therefore, to find alien parents and alien offspring? Well, we actually understand a great deal from looking at life on Earth about why animals live in groups, for instance. And this often does have a lot to do with parents looking after children. But if you look at a group of meerkats, for instance, um, banding together and and looking for food together and protecting their, their colony together, they're doing this because of principles which are not specific to Earth at all. So we would expect similar animals on alien planets to have similar social structures. And all the way down to simple things like looking for food. All life needs energy. All animals must look for food. And inevitably, that will lead to certain consequences, like, for instance, the alien planets will have predators and prey as well. What, what, because one animal's got an ability to get the energy, another animal wants that energy, so one preys on the other to steal it? That's right. And On early Earth, we believe that most life lived just from sunlight, and uh, that went on for a very long time. But sooner or later, one organism realised that rather than just sitting and soaking up sunlight, It could take a bite out of another organism and get its energy that way. And once that happened, then, of course, all bets were off. And and that's something that's very likely to happen wherever life originates. 
What about movement and things? There must be some constraints on locomotion. That's right. And the, and the, the constraints of physics and mechanics are, are, are quite straightforward. But what's amazing is that when you look at life on Earth, pretty much every kind of way of getting around that you can think of has been exploited. We have obviously birds that fly through the air and fish that swim through the sea, but we also have squid that use jet propulsion. We have starfish that have thousands of little feet that they, that they creep along on. And strangest ways of getting around do seem to all have been used on this planet. But what's more is that they seem to be reused. Birds fly, but bats also fly, and insects also fly, and they all develop their flight separately. So there's something really good about flying, something really useful that caused it to evolve again and again. And so we can be pretty confident that things are going to evolve flight on other planets as well. What about reproduction, though? Because this is a fundamental thing here on Earth, and it's all fixed or centred on a heritable molecule, whether that's DNA or its chemical relative RNA. These are strings of chemical building blocks which are bound up inside the centres of cells and, and contain a chemical message which a parent hands on to its offspring, whether you're a bacterium right up to a human being. What would be the likely scenario amongst aliens? Would they resort to something similar? This is a really difficult question because a lot of the way that life is on Earth is down to sex, right? So the reason that birds have bright feathers and sing songs and a lot of the features of life on Earth is all around getting a mate, finding a mate, raising children and, and, and so on. But we don't really know, or have no idea, in fact, how aliens will mate. We know that they must because the only way that life can become more and more and more complex over millions and billions of years is through reproduction. But we don't know anything about, about how they will do it. Will they have two parents? Will they have 10 parents? Will they have maybe sometimes two and sometimes 10? It all depends on what molecule they use, if not DNA. And we, we don't know that. What about some like famous aliens from sci-fi, like Daleks in Doctor Who, the homicidal pepper pots? How realistic are those kind of aliens? The real problem, I think, with science fiction aliens, and of course it's not a problem because they're designed for entertainment and, and not for science. But if you want to know how realistic they are, the thing you really need to look for is, is it likely they could have evolved on their own? Loads of sci-fi aliens have fantastic superpowers, which are great. Wouldn't we all love to be able to have telekinesis and control things with our minds and things? But those properties are unlikely to have evolved by themselves. And that makes the alien itself very unlikely. That really is the biggest problem I have with science fiction aliens. Daleks are fine, but some of the others aren't. Eric Kirschenbaum, thank you very much. And Eric's new book, The Zoologist's Guide to the Galaxy, is out now.